Well, good morning, everyone. Um, God bless you in the wonderful name of our living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before we start today, though, I would like to pray with you. So, Heavenly Father, God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for the week that's gone by and the week that's in front of us. We ask you, Father God, to enlighten our hearts and our minds as we dive deeply into your word today. We thank you for the opportunities that we can open up to you and learn more about you. In the wonderful name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. So good morning. Um, I've had an opportunity a few times to share some faith stories with you up here. And so as Pastor Nate said, my name is Michael Juhas, and I really appreciate the opportunity that Pastor Nate has given me to share with you today my relationship with God and my Christian relationship with God. I think it's very important for us to understand that when we are talking about Christianity, it is not, in my heart, it is not a religion, but rather a relationship, a relationship that is formed with God and through his son, Jesus Christ. I believe it's very important for us to understand that a relationship, relationship takes time. Think about the people that you spend time with. Um, my family, is my, we call us the core four. And whether we celebrate together or we cry together, we have formed this relationship over many years. This past, for the past two years, I've been riding bikes with a cycling group, and my group has gotten to the point where we become really close friends. We go out to um, breakfast afterwards, and so we form these relationships over time. And so now, having a relationship with God is my hope to share with you guys, and I hope that's what you see Christianity is as well. Today, what we're going to discuss is we're actually going to discuss spiritual markers that have happened in time of the Bible and also have happened maybe in our own personal lives as well. I mean, just last week alone, one of the families was sharing the fact during a faith story that they were almost in a car accident when they were going over a hill. But because the way God's intervened with them, their car wasn't in the accident. And that can be a spiritual marker for them as they walk this Christian faith. So I wanted to share with you one of my very first, very powerful Christian stories that happened to me as a young teenager. I was actually uh, working at a, uh, at a Taekwondo school when I was like 18, actually my whole life. But I was being paid under the table. I was making about $140 a week. I was working like 45, 50 hours. And I started going to a home fellowship. And at this home fellowship, there was going to be a meeting where everyone met up at Silver Bay. Have you, are you guys familiar with Silver, Silver Bay? It is a wonderful place to go uh, to learn about God. And, and so there was a, um, the whole teaching was going to be about walking in God's presence and being in God's presence. And so for like three weeks, the church is announcing it. And you know, I'm flat broke. Like I am uh, no money at all. And so I have to work every week in order for this to happen. And then the Christian fellowship for that week was going to be walking in God's presence. And all of a sudden, the, the, the place where I was working decided that they were going to close that week for a summer vacation. And I'm not getting paid. But now all of a sudden, there's an opportunity for me to go to Silver Bay to learn about walking in God's presence and yet the place that I was working for, who would never give me a week off, is actually closed. 
So now God is now opening up this door of opportunity to go learn about him and in his presence. And so, you know the first car you have? Remember the first car you had? I had a yellow Ford LTD that my stepfather bought from a police auction. We played, paid $300 for that car. And I didn't know that he actually put a governor on it so it couldn't go faster than 55 miles an hour. I'm like flooring it. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. And it's not working. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I drive this yellow Ford LTD up Silver Bay. And it can barely make it. I got no money. And Silver Bay, the entire week, in the morning, you're learning about walking in God's presence and being in God's presence. In the evening, you are learning about being in God's presence. And the entire time that this is happening, this is my early Christian faith. God is breaking my heart and showing me that all of a sudden on Wednesday, this teaching happens. And teaching in the Bible verse was, you are the apple of God's eye. And I always thought, oh, oh, the apple of your eye, the apple of your eye. But it's a, it's, a, it's a verse in the Bible. And being the apple of God's eye. And when I heard that, I'm in the front row. I don't want to be distracted. There's like hundreds of people in the audience behind me. And I just put my head down. I just started to cry. Because God told me, Mike, I have your back. I love you. And I'm going to be with you forever. And as clear as the voice I'm saying it to you right now is as clear as God said it to me in my right then and there, being the apple of God's eye. So this is Wednesday. And a couple more days go by, and I'm constantly morning, night, morning, night, fellowshipping with other believers. And God is breaking my heart to the point where I now understand that he loves me and wants a relationship with me. This has become my spiritual marker. We all have spiritual markers that help us build our faith. But then Sunday came. It's time to go. We have breakfast in the morning. And so I, I, I went to use the restroom. I'm walking down a long hallway. I'm walking down the hallway, and here comes Reverend Finnegan. He's like, hey, Mike, how was your week? I'm like, oh, Vince, it was, it was fantastic. It was God loves me. God, you know, and I'm just like breaking my heart. I said, I'm going to have to ask my mom for some money because I didn't get paid this week, but I'm just going to ask her for some money. He goes, yeah, God told me and put out his hand and there was a hundred dollar bill in his hand and he shook my hand and it might have well been a million dollars when that happened because I went back into the bathroom and I started crying and it was the tangible thing that I needed to know that God had me, that God loved me. Because the entire week, I'm finding out that I'm walking in God's presence and that I am the apple of God's eye. And here I am though, we still live in the world we live in today. But all of a sudden, God told Reverend Finnegan, Mike is flat broke and just hand him this $100 bill. And from that moment, I never looked back on the fact that no matter what circumstance we may have, God loves you, God supports you, and God is there with you. And so needless to say, all have these spiritual markers. So today, when we dive into the word, we're actually going to go into Old Testament and different verses, different things like this. 
And so we're going to go into 1 Samuel uh, 7, 3. And so, so Samuel said to the Israelites, if you, are, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts and rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtoros and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. Now, we use the word Lord up here in the Bible. It says Yahweh. And Yahweh is the original Hebrew term for the name God. And Ashtoreth was a false god and was the main false god in the time of Old Testament. So Samuel said to the Israelites, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart and rid your foreign gods and the Ash yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. They followed the directions of the Lord and eliminated the false gods and turned their hearts back to the Lord, back to Yahweh. And when the Philistines, Philistines attacked, Samuel prayed and Yahweh responded. Now, this does not happen overnight. You think about eliminate the false gods that are happening. This is not something that automatically just goes, oh, okay. They're worshiping a false god but they have to turn their backs from the false God and commit themselves to the living Lord. And so when this is happening, Samuel prayed and Yahweh responded. In Samuel 7.10, while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offerings, the Philistines drew near and engaged Israel in battle. But on that day, the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against the Philistines and drew them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. We don't know how God is going to answer our prayers. We cannot put God. You know what? God is not going to answer your prayer to win a million dollars because you know what? Your needs and your wants may be not the same. We don't know how God is going to answer our prayers. But isn't this amazing? Have you ever been in a thunderstorm where it was like one huge loud crack? Like, and it's like, whoa, that, that's kind of scary. Look at how God answered Samuel's prayer. He basically barraged them with thunder that was so loud, so nonstop, so consistent that they were completely confused and they defeated them. I, I love this because Samuel wanted Israel to remember this day always as a spiritual marker. So he set up a spiritual marker to commemorate the event. Look at this thing right here. Look at, I saw this. I saw this and I saw, oh, a spiritual marker. Right? In our mind, a spiritual marker. So, in Samuel 7, 12, then Samuel took the stone and set it up between Mezpen and Shen and named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I first heard Ebenezer, I'm thinking like Charles Dickens in a Christmas episode. How about, yeah, come on, raise your hand. Did you? Yeah, yeah, you're totally like Ebenezer Scrooge, like totally right now. You know, you can't even have an argument anymore. God bless my mother-in-law. She hates Tom Brady. I'm like, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever. She's like, no, you're not. Tell, 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 tell. And I could just like Google it, right? And then once you Google it, you can just find the answers, right? So while I'm going through this teaching right now, I decided to Google Ebenezer Scrooge. Did you know that Ebenezer, let me, give me one moment, one moment. Ebenezer is the Hebrew word that literally means stone of 
help. The biblical word for Ebenezer means stone of help. And they put markers up to remind them of this as a spiritual marker, a memory of this. So I wanted to look up Scrooge as well. And Scrooge literally means to press or to squeeze. And when we watch Charles Dickens' Christmas story, right, what Ebenezer Scrooge is pressing and squeezing and like all the money and all that kind of stuff, I am fully aware, or I imagine, that Dickens knew the English language so well that he purposely made that guy's name Ebenezer Scrooge. If you consider the story, Ebenezer Scrooge truly was the stone of help for that family and that community. And now we're setting up a spiritual marker right now as a remembrance for a stone of help. So today, oh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Tomorrow's Halloween and we're talking about Christmas. I don't know if it matters. You're walking to Lowe's lately. There's not a Halloween decoration at all in Lowe's. You go, Christmas, there's like Christmas everywhere. So yeah, needless, I'm, I'm sorry about that commercial break. But <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's Christmas time, but it's only like the, it's like the fourth week. Of, anyway, anyway. Because um, you can't find the Halloween section right now. It's all Christmas. It's all Christmas. Well, what, a, what a blessed time of year. Okay. Stones and altars are recorded historical events that can be Ebenezer, the Ebenezer's that memorize a time of divine existence or memories. Robert Robertson, I don't know if you guys know this song. Robert Robertson has a great old hymn, Come Thou Forth Every Blessing. And in the lyrics, now, I, I listen to Chris Tomlin. I like Chris Tomlin. Um, but in the lyrics, I, I didn't really, I never really popped this before. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here, by great help, I've come. And I hope thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when I was a stranger, wandering through to and full of God. He rescued me from danger and imposed his perfect blood. I actually was going to sing that, but you don't want that to happen. If you get an opportunity to hear that song and hear how it talks about the Ebenezer and marks this occasion, it just touches your heart. It breaks your heart. So there are many, many verses that we can talk about today. And Abraham set up an altar, altar to Bethel in Genesis 12. I'm going to read this. I didn't um, actually put this up here. And the Lord said to Abraham, go from the country, your people and your father's household, to the land that I show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and, I will, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And all the peoples of the earth will belong, will be blessed through you. So, Abra so Abraham went as the Lord told him to do, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he set out. And he took his wife and his nephew Lot and all the possessions that they had accumulated and the people and they had acquired and they set out to the land of Canaan and they arrived there. And Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site was great for the tree of Moab. And at the time the Canaanites were in the land and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I give you this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there, he went towards the hills of Bethel. He pitched a tent, and Bethel was in the west, and as in the east, 
and built an altar for the Lord and called the name of the Lord. In very meaningful times in the time of the Bible, in the, in, in the past, we can look at these references and we can say to ourselves, wow, it, like these memories are fantastic. So Abraham set up an altar in Bethel in Genesis 12 to commemorate God's promises. Isaac did the exact same thing in Genesis 26 and Jacob in Genesis 28 and Moses in Exodus 17 and 24. I didn't think you guys wanted to hear all this, but it is there. Each altar honored Yahweh, God, and served as a spiritual marker as he, as God was the stone of help. I believe, I truly believe that my God loves me, Michael Yuhas, on a very individual basis. I believe that he knows every hair that is on top of my head, although it is receding. I also know that God knows the very foundation of the breath that I'm taking. Because we're talking about a relationship with God Almighty. No one in this room is insignificant. And God loves you. He is setting up spiritual markers in our hearts on a daily basis in order for us to remember him. And he has given us examples through his word that we can look back on and know that he loves us. When Israel crossed the River Jordan into the Promised Land, God had Joshua take 12 stones out of the middle of the River Jordan and place them on the side of the river as an Ebenezer for the Israelites. And Yahweh said the following. In Joshua 4, 6, and 7, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the, wardens, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones are to be a memorial of the people of Israel forever. God's willingness to help his people is well documented throughout the scriptures. With each record, a reminder for us that Yahweh is our stone of help. Consider this Bible verse, 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those hearts who are fully committed to him. Let's read this again. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking for us. God is looking for you. We are, if you are fully committed to God, he wants your heart. He wants to love you. Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. What a comforting verse to know that God is looking for us and listening to us when we pray to him, when we cry to him, when we ask him for help. He is a very personal God, a God that wants our whole heart, our whole well-being. And this happens when we mature with our walk with God. We can look back and see times when he was a stone for help for us. 
there are memories and spiritual markers of times when he supernaturally intervened and changed our lives. And when we contemplate on these markers and on these times in our life, they actually boost our faith on a regular basis. We cannot forget the things that God has done for us. We have to rejoice in the memory of seeing these type of things. Yahweh longs to help us in our time of need. And he will do so when we seek his help. And recalling these times when he hears us and when, when, we, when we think of him is a very pleasant help in the time of trouble. There are multiple times in my life where I had to ask God for supernatural intervention. In my teenage life, I was dumb. I actually, believe it or not, I actually was ranked ninth in the country in Taekwondo. And I did a lot of crazy things. But there was one time where um, God had to intervene really big time to keep me safe. Won't go into that too much. Maybe personally we'll talk sometime. But he is strongly there for you. And he will take care of you. The Bible is filled with incidents where our forefathers received God's gracious, merciful help and can also be Ebenezer's for us to build our faith. God strongly supported Abraham and Sarah when there was no help, no hope, and they believed in God's hope. And Isaac was born of old age, and God, the Lord Yahweh, helped Joseph raise him from a miserable confines of prison and became the right-hand man of Pharaoh. He strongly supported Moses in the confines of, excuse me, he strongly supported Moses to the Egyptians down to the river. And God strongly supported Phineas when in his zeal Yahweh spared the Israelite man and the Moabite woman and therefore stayed the plague. Yahweh helped Joshua and Israel as they marched around the city of Jericho seven times until the walls fell down. And he strongly supported the 85-year-old Caleb, one of two from the generations to enter into the promised land. Actually, we named our son Caleb. Caleb and Joshua went to the promised land. We named our son Caleb because we strongly love that, those verses in the Bible. I think the, um, the thing that when you are talking about spiritual markers in our life and what God has done for us, at times as a Christian, we forget those pretty quickly. Okay, thank you, God. And then life is good and you move on a little bit. But the reality of it is, is that God is not closing his eyes and he is not closing his ears after the prayers have been answered. He is not stopping loving us. So why do we stop our relationship with him when things are going well? I always look at the times where, oh, we're blessed, things are good, things are good. And then all of a sudden when things are bad, you're like, God, why is this happening? Why is this happening? We're talking about a relationship with God on a daily basis, moment by moment, day by day, so we can fall in love with him each day, and he makes it new for us. I always think to myself, if I have the opportunity to share God's word, it's like angels are rejoicing when I do that for God. It's not every day. It doesn't happen all the time. But if God presents that opportunity in front of you, 
and you're ready to do that. You share that with someone. And God will change their life. You may be the person that helps them see this, but as a spiritual marker, you might have just put a spiritual marker in this person's life. You didn't say to them, oh, love Jesus or go to hell. You didn't say that. You shared with them God's love and gave them the opportunity to start forming a relationship with him. You know the people you hang out with? The ones you love? The ones you spend time with? You enjoy that time with them. As a matter of fact, you make a point to go out to dinner with these people and spend time with them. God wants to go out to dinner with you every single day. God wants to wake up and hear your love story for him and wants to share his love story with you because his, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. The eyes of Yahweh are focused upon David who said of the, we all know the story of David and Goliath, but what a great record to go back in time and to listen to what God says about this, right? So I, you know, the armies are across from one another. Goliath is there. He was like nine feet tall, just menacing. And every single day he's like, you ready for me? You ready for me? And everybody else is like completely quaking in their boots on a regular basis. They're just like, no, no. David's not on the front lines. David's not there. But David's heart is for God. He doesn't see Goliath. He hears about it. But he doesn't see him. Because when you see something like that, that's intimidating, right? That's scary. Sometimes obstacles are scary. Our relationships with God should not be scary. And David was not scared. So much so that in 1 Samuel 17, 26, and David asked the men standing near him, what will be done of the man who kills the Philistine and removes the great disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he shall defy the armies of the living God? Look at David's perspective. Look at the spiritual marker that is happening right now. Oh, I'm so afraid of Goliath. And, and the army is afraid of one man, Goliath. And David is like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who shall defy the living armies of God? You have to love that. You have to love that. Because David's perspective is, you're defying the living army of God? Samuel 17, uh, 37. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine, Saul said to David, go and, the, go and the Lord will be with you. David looked back on his own personal spiritual marker of what happened when he was freed, saved from the paw of the lion 
and the paw of the bear. That was his spiritual marker. If God did this for me before, he's going to do this for me again. The lion may roar, but I see his leash, so I keep moving forward. Because if my God is for me, then who can be against me? The lion may roar, but I see his leash, so I keep moving forward. Are you kidding me? Look at what David is doing now. He is literally remembering what God has done for him. You want to talk about an outstanding circumstance that really has not, what is going to happen? The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord will be with you. <laughs> David defeated the greatest warrior of his day with five smooth stones, a sling, and his faith in God. And Yahweh strongly supported David because he was completely God's. He was completely God's. That's what I pray for. I pray that my heart is completely God's. I ask God for this because isn't that what we want? To love God so completely that has attained love for our Father and the Father who will do anything for us because he loves us? How powerful is this to think that David has these memories of his relationship with God that God actually has reminded him that, that he has delivered him from the lion and the paw and the bear. Because in the beginning... We were talking about having a relationship and not a religion with God. A relationship that is formed because God loves us. I have done absolutely nothing in my life to deserve this relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. For him to love me. And today, we can look back at his word and see how God has loved his people throughout history and delivered them to the fact that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want to know? That when we cry to our God, that the relationship that we have formed with him or that we are still forming with him, he is listening to us because he wants that relationship with us. The God who provides the very air that we breathe today, that, brings, that raises the sun and sets the sun, that brings the tides in and the tides out. The God that provides the flowers that we see every day and the air that we breathe wants a relationship with us. And he is looking for us. Samuel 17, 37. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion. God has rescued me. God's rescued you. In David's world, 
God rescued him from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. And he's going to rescue him from the hands of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go to the Lord and be with you. <laughs> when, when I was younger, like my friends were like, oh, really? Well, if there was so much faith involved, why did David have to take five stones? Really? Well, I know my answer is, he had four brothers. When you really, when you really think about this, David went with a sling and a stone. But everybody around him were a bunch of doubters. They actually started like loading up his body with armor and like having him get ready to go. Christmas story. This little kid goes to school, he's like this. And, and he can't move. Now put David, who is like 95 pounds soaking wet, going up against the Philistine huge, huge armor, Goliath. And they're putting armor on him because they doubt God. That isn't helping. Because we go back one more verse. Because this is David's perspective and it should be ours. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is going to defy our God? We have a relationship with God Almighty who loves us, who wants us as a relationship with him. And we go back and we have spiritual markers in our own life. Ebenezer's in our own life. And we look back on these markers and it builds our faith today. The perspective of David is, who is this guy? I don't care who this guy is. I live for God. And God loves me. Elijah prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years. And God responded. Elijah prayed and God responded. Yahweh helped. I'm always bad with names. Hananiah, Ariza, and Mishael, who refused to bow and escape from the burning, firing furnace. So they, they set this furnace seven times hotter than normal, and they throw them in the furnace. And basically it looks like there's people dancing inside the furnace. And when they come out of this fire, they don't even smell like ash and here they are because they live for God and God has delivered them God strongly supported Daniel when he was in the lion den that song by Stephen Furtick I'm telling you guys you gotta listen to it the lion may roar but I see his leash so I keep moving forward because my God is for me now I can go on and on about the many stories that reveal our Father's intervention into the troubled times that we've had and the troubled times of his people. And when the lion roars in your head regarding whatever situ situation you're in, replace it with the spiritual markers of encouragement that God has done for you and for us. Because our God, his eyes move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. In finishing, I always think to myself that God has done this before me, for me in the past. And in this situation, he can deliver me now. As long as my heart 
is completely his. When Pastor Nate gave me the opportunity to come up here and I saw this and the spiritual markers that we all may have in our life, this, it was almost like God said, hey, Michael, teach about this, share about this. If we can remember what God has done to for his people years ago in his word and the personal relationship that we have with him today, then we should be able to remember in our time of trouble when we can go back and set a spiritual marker up, an Ebenezer, and say, God, please help me with this. So I thank you for this opportunity. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to pray one more time. Heavenly Father God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Father God, for helping us set up our own personal spiritual markers and memories. We thank you for the opportunity to look back into your word and to see what you've done for your people. We ask you, Father God, to continue to look for us on a daily basis as we walk with you. We ask you, Father God, to continue to break our hearts each and every day to learn to love you more to form this relationship with you as we walk with you in the months and years to come. We ask you, Father God, as individuals to take care of our family members who may not be feeling well right now. We ask you, Father God, for your great love. We thank you for breaking our hearts to have a relationship with you in the wonderful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.